Hey, friends. Hey, friends. This is Matt. This is Jeannie. Mutual victory. Welcome the to... The Christmas edition. Ooh. I mean, it's kind of mostly a couple weeks, but... We really do milk this holiday, don't we? Yeah. Now, uh-huh. before we delve in... Hot takes? Well, it's more like revisiting. Oh, takes. okay. Okay, okay. So, last time we talked about various... Christmas movies, men in crises and whatnot. <laughs> Firstly, I'd like to point out that when we saw, you mentioned seeing Die Hard for the first time, like with me. Yeah. And I remember after we recorded that incident, I remember watching it and who's it falls. <laughs> uh-huh. And like, I think John McClane was either still in the airport or walking through like the lobby of Nakatomi Plaza. It was Plaza. the lobby scene. You lean over to me and you say, are there ninjas in this movie? I feel like there's going to be ninjas. I don't know what gave you that vibe. Do you remember what gave you that vibe? I don't know what I was thinking of. First of all, name a ninja movie. I could not in a million years name a single one. Or like a movie where no ninjas. I remember this happening and I remember seeing the scene and in my brain I saw a scene in a restaurant with ninjas. Okay. So I was like, there's going to be a restaurant in this tower with ninjas in it. That was wrong on two I was incorrect. So I don't know what memory I have of some scene of some restaurant. I could not for one second even begin to guess. I can't think of a movie where there's ninjas. I think that was the moment that you realized that I was serious that if I had seen that movie before, I remembered none of it. Correct. <laughs> and it was yeah. highly likely. Yeah. We've already gone over that. Your memory around movies is spotty Terrible. at best. Terrible. In the best scenario, it's not good. Well, it's one It's it's one extreme or the other. Hmm. I can quote the entire movie, right? okay. start to finish, or most of it is lost. Is lost. Yeah. Yep. I would say there's probably a handful that you could quote with alarming accuracy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but everything else is there might be ninjas in a movie with no ninjas. I know every word to that two-part miniseries, um, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King's It. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know every word to those. You do. You really like that one. I, we, I watched it with my sister. Like I didn't. Watch. Every weekend. I didn't watch it until much later in life. So I'm watching this. I'm like, this is a whole big cheese fest. <laughs> so silly. So silly. It was well, really like, scary. Well, as like, a child. Also, but who are your two main characters as the adults? One is Harry Anderson, the fucking judge from Night Court. Yep. And one is John Ritter. It's, it's Jack from Three's Company. Yeah, but he doesn't even make it. So he doesn't even stand out as like the adult main character. And. I would say that the second half of that miniseries was less interesting because mm. it wasn't children and watching like the right. kids do scary stuff right. was what was cool and yeah. appealing as a child. Right. Like it was well, like got, a stand by me, but like it's the Goonies kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also isn't Seth Green in that movie? He's one of the kids. Is he Richie? I think he's Richie. Oh yeah. yeah. I always forget who, about that. And who was the one that plays the writer kid? That was like a teen heartthrob and is like 12 to 15 year old. Jonathan, Jonathan Brandis. Jonathan Brandis. Was he in that show like Sequest? 
See yeah, Rob. and The Never Ending Story 2. Yeah, yeah. Not to be confused with the entirely different movie. <laughs> Never, Never Ending Story. Story 1. OG. So, no ninjas. <clears throat> no ninjas. No idea what gave off ninja vibe. No Maybe idea. Maybe just having some dude walk by himself through no, an empty hotel No, I lobby. had a memory and really thought this was the movie. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. we're going to have to look up all of the movie scenes that include ninjas and maybe I can find <laughs> the movie that's lodged in my memory sure. somewhere. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but also, we discussed The Family Man with Nicolas Cage. And there was a disagreement on what we remembered about basically his characterization. You <laughs> called him narcissistic. Uh-huh. And you called him a woman. I don't think I called him narcissistic. Yes, you did. Which I'm not I'm not arguing one way or another. I'm saying I think you did I mean I remember materialistic and capitalistic. Maybe I mean maybe narcissistic tendencies because yeah. he was a single rich man living by himself. So like I mean he wasn't like a straight up narcissist, like a psychopath. Like Right. He wasn't like Christian Bale and American psycho. Wow. But Okay, but also, but in that was him a womanizer. Womanizer was what I took issue with because yeah. I thought that was incorrect. You were very offended on Jack's behalf. I was because <laughs> I just didn't because I just remember watching it for the first time and every like since before we watched it the last time, mm-hmm. and he didn't come off across as like a bad person, just a person who had chosen this path and is really committed to it, and it's not. Like the selfless family man path. Right. Um, but that didn't necessarily make him kind of evil. Now, after rewatching, uh-huh. I would almost say he's definitely wasn't a womanizer. <laughs> definitely. I stand corrected. Yeah. You were absolutely Woo-hoo! right. I he win. had one to nothing. He had an opportunity to well, hold on. First, we—I mean, what made? I think the scene that stuck out was when you were thinking about him being a womanizer because the mm-hmm. scene, the movie opens up, yeah, and he just slept with this woman. Like he that wakes he up, met. woman that he just met, right? They hook up, and like, she's she's leaving his apartment. It's Christmas Eve. I he's think. like, I would like to pour eggnog all over your body. <laughs> Strange thing for a first date sex conversation but make, okay it doesn't make you a womanizer okay all right to eat, want to lick dairy off another uh, yeah. person don't yuck anybody else's <laughs> yum we're not here to do that all right but so that's what i think stood out to you and i'm like that's yes. not enough to make you a womanizer this is just like two people met hooked up one time and he well, was, I even was a, remembering he, the scene with the neighbor woman okay so when he goes and gets the glimpse right doesn't he first have a chance to like, sleep with his wife, like Taya Leone, right? And he, there's a moment where she wants to like, he wants to have sex. And he's like, no, because right. he's having he's this weird, like, yeah, the moment where like, you are not my wife, you're Kate, I know you, but you're not like. And I haven't seen you in 20 years. Right, I haven't seen you in 20 years. And like, and I was even maybe thinking it's like, I'm not her husband, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. especially because after the interaction with the daughter, we're like, you're not my dad. So he is definitely feeling that, like, yes, they call me Jack. I am in these pictures and this life, obviously, but it's not me. Yeah. Right. And I would say if he was a womanizer, he wouldn't have cared about that and went for it. Balls to the wall. Balls to the wall. (laughs) 
But then he, since he doesn't, he's like, well, fuck it. You know, I'm not. Is it really cheating on my wife if she's not my wife? And then right. he like goes and starts hitting on the woman that's clearly hitting on him, like mm-hmm. another mom in the neighborhood or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, totally going to do this. It's not cheating. But he doesn't do it. He also doesn't do that. You're right. You're right. I stand corrected. He's not a womanizer. He might be a narcissist or have narcissistic tendencies. Because I was thinking about this in the middle of the night last night when I couldn't sleep. (laughs) Was this before or after you kind of leaned over to me and shouted at Ruth (laughs) and woke everything up? It's just... I had a dream that when my (laughs) wife got up and said, Ruthie! And then I didn't sleep for an hour and a half. Turns out it wasn't a dream. So anyway. I cannot deal with nocturnal dog mouth sounds. Okay. So it's yell at them or kick them out of the bedroom. And I know how you feel about the dogs not sleeping in the bedroom with us. <laughs> now, I don't mean to sound like a jerk, uh-huh. but don't you have one bad ear? Yeah. And one good ear? Exactly. Why don't you sleep on the good ear? I was sleeping on the good ear and then like the old lady that i am i have to change positions and i do and then all i can hear is <laughs> for like uh, 40 I minutes i don't think that makes you old i have a thing i mean i'm also i i would be hard pressed to find someone that doesn't agree or understand the idea of needing to change positions in the middle yeah. of the night to sleep i don't think that makes you old <laughs> but yeah, your voice carries. You got some. You got a set of pipes on you. I tried at first. I was like, "Shh, shh, Ruthie, shh." That didn't work. She just ignored me because that's what she does to me. She ignores me. I give her directives. She looks at me like, mm, "No," and that doesn't matter if it's the middle of the night or if it's the middle of the day or we're freezing outside or whatever's going on. So then I had to yell at her, <laughs> and that was already. After I had moved Lincoln twice because he is basically in my face doing the same thing. (laughs) Like it's like bath time at three o'clock in the morning. You know what? I guess this is I should be thankful that I got as much sleep as I did before that. It sounds like you tried really hard. I did. I tried before you screamed at everything. So, okay. So while you were awake. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. I was thinking about... You thinking about something. So, <clears throat> we, can, we can remove the uh, marks against Jack for that womanizer category. We can remove those. But we are going to take them and we're going to put them back in the narcissistic category. Because when things started to shift about Kate was when other people started to be like, Kate is great. Mm. Every man wants to be with Kate. Anyone in this whole neighborhood, whatever, would give their left nut to be with Kate. I think that was a direct quote. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> and and you're going to throw it away for Tits McGee, the neighbor party thrower lady. Like, you know, like, then Jack was like, oh, Kate's great. <laughs> like, he needed, and he needed Kate to be great. I don't well and not okay. this like mediocre 
um, nonprofit lawyer that has terrible paychecks because we hear about Kate's paychecks four times in this movie. Well, yeah, I mean, he's a Wall Street business dude. So it's like to do anything and be a nonprofit, it's like, why are you wasting your. I want, I want your Halloween costume next year to be Wall Street business dude. Nah. Not feeling it. Not feeling it. I don't know. Maybe. Figure a way to doucheify it up a little bit other than just <laughs> me wearing a suit. You need like a really flashy watch and a briefcase. Oh. <laughs> and a newspaper. The Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal. <laughs> I'll go to some, just go to a diner. And here, can I have next last Sunday's Wall Street Journal for $5? No, you can wear it to trivia. It's a bit. <laughs> um. Okay, so... Yes, I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's like, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like if someone else needs to point out to you, like, why would you do this bad thing to your wife who's awesome? Like, don't you see how great she is? And you think that's because it's like, he now sees her as something that everyone else may want, Mm -hmm. that he views her now Mm -hmm. as having worth. Yeah, because he definitely was like this isn't my wife, this isn't my house, this isn't my car, like, this is all mediocre and kind of trashy, like, I live in New Jersey. Like, he's just, like, talking so much shit. Like, that whole scene where they're in the mall and he tries on the suit. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm going to buy it, blah, 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 blah. And she's just like, Jack, you got to pull it together. Like, what are you doing? And, like, that whole time he could not see her for who she was until it suddenly became clear that everyone else was like, oh my God, Kate. Hmm. And he watched that video. I think the video helped. The video of his birthday. When he was singing to her. Yeah. Maybe her birthday. Now, I don't know this movie well enough to just pull out these scenes in order to like, to track all this. Mm. So I have no real comment. Mm -hmm. I'm so I, nothing, I can't not disagree. So well, there's guess, always our Christmas episodes 2023 where we can revisit Jack <laughs> Campbell. Now, to put one check in the not narcissistic column, okay, he is genuinely kind of nice and good to people he would deem quote unquote beneath him. It's true. Like he to this doorman yep. on his way out to work, he's like he's like, How'd you do, man? Like he's like four thousand dollars this year. Like the doorman's got four thousand dollars worth of tips. And then he says, I'm gonna put it in whatever, like you said. And then, Jack, and then Jack is like, yep, but not until this, and then this, whatever. So, like, they clearly have a good relationship. It looks like mutual respect. Mm-hmm. He is, like, giving him advice, right. I don't know, you know, about how to invest money. So, like, he has no reason to, you know, he's treating this this person, quote, unquote, beneath him as far as, like, job sure. standing, status, whatever. Um, and not in, like, pitying him. He's, like, seems like he's genuinely nice to him. And the other... Man working security, I think, at the building where he works. Mm-hmm. It it seemed like they were calling each other, or he called Nick Cage called him by his name. Yep, and there was clearly a familiarity relationship. Yeah, you know, so I like, mean, it's, it's, it comes it's, from a place though of narcissism of like I have this wisdom and courtesy that I can impart upon the Jesus common wow. man. Well, 
I remember mean, that's the whole reason he got the glimpse is because he goes in and he's gonna save Don Cheadle's character. He's like when they're walking on the sidewalk, he's like, you know, there's got to be some programs that you can get involved in and do this and do this. And he's like, are you trying to save me right now? Oh, you're trying to save me. Like you clearly think you figured life out man. and you have the like upper hand and superiority. See, I'm I'm just now it's like, man, is it worth being nice to anyone? <laughs> Oh my God! How do like, you go there? It's like if I was if I saw someone and it was like, "Hi, do you need help? Are you okay? Can whatever?" I'm like, "You don't need to help me. I don't need your help, Mister <laughs> Condescending White Man." I'm like, "Well, then, fine. I won't help." Honey, I think that if um you walked around and you were like, uh, <laughs> you were doling out advice on how people could better their circumstances. That is a little bit different than just having rapport. If they were, if he was like, "Hey, doorman person, tell me about your kids and your wife." Okay, yeah. But instead, he's like, "Let me tell you how you can make more money because you must hate everything about your life not making enough money." The doorman. The doorman. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's tricky. I think think it's not all good or all bad. I think you just give a really cynical take. On Jack's relationship with the doorman. I love Jack so much. I don't. It's really cute. So I'm going to go with it. You love him up, honey. You just defend Jack Campbell. I think it's cute. Love it. (laughs) We're not here to talk about Jack Campbell anymore, though. Well, we had to revisit it because I had to be proven right. (laughs) Well, you are right. He is not a womanizer. I would say that he has some shadow aspects of the one. Mm hmm. And yes, he agree. has he he made incredible amounts of growth mm. in a very short period of time. Um, I'm so curious. I, I meant to look up what their anniversary was because their anniversary takes place during the glimpse, which is right after oh, Christmas. It's between Christmas and like February. Valentine's Day. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, oh it's interesting. When's our anniversary? Yeah. I would. Now I also I don't even know if I would go so far as to say he has narcissistic tendencies. I would just say you're selfish, and I think those are two are different. Yeah. I don't think it's to the point of a mental deficiency or you know anything like that i think he's just a selfish person i wouldn't say i think he has an inflated sense of right superiority and self yeah Yeah. if i made that kind of money i would too (sighs) oh my god oh my god oh my god (laughs) i can't make this (laughs) that's all the revisiting we had to do great ninjas and jack (laughs) we did not watch face off yet we didn't no and i just found out that you've never seen the bodyguard. Yeah. Because we were talking about Yellowstone. We we're talking how, about Kevin Costner palate cleanser. While we do enjoy that show, I do need a Kevin Costner palate cleanser and you mm-hmm. you won't always go to Bull Durham and Tin Cup like it's I will. Not the season. Which is fine. Well, it is the season. You watch those to get through until the season. No. But anyway. So and then we robbed the bodyguard, which like you were surprised that I hadn't seen. Only because Kevin Costner's in it. Yeah, but you know what? The more I think about it, it's not Kevin Costner. It's what he's doing. If he's mm-hmm. playing baseball, playing golf, or shooting uh, the you know the nobles of medieval England, then yeah, I can get on board. If he's protecting Whitney Houston, I don't particularly care. I wish him all the good luck, but it's not really my jam. And it came out, I was like 12 when it came out, so why would I I saw it in care? the movie theater. It was that important. Well, right, because it had Kevin Costner... Whose butt you probably just saw in Robin Hood yep. and Whitney Houston, yep. which is not 
a deterrent for you. For me, I was like, I don't care about either of these things. Is Kevin Costner playing golf or baseball? Then I don't really care. He is a retired like Secret Service agent, though. But does he shoot bad guys in yes. protection of the president? Close. Oh. He shoots bad guys in well, protection I mean... of Whitney Houston. <sighs> Arguably, so whatever. Some um, contributed more so to our nation's history and uh, the culture. Of so the, who we are as human beings the female, than many presidents. The female version of Jack from Family Man, essentially, with a better singing voice. No, <laughs> definitely not. Right, I mean, she I'm is a gem, always a national treasure herself. Always going to give it a chance. Never going to say no. All right. Well, we're going to watch the Bodyguard because it's a Christmas movie. No, it is not. It's if Die Hard gets to be a Christmas movie, the Bodyguard gets to Does be a Christmas it movie. Take place at Christmas at all? I think so. All right, that's a big fat new. So we'll still watch. You it. don't know that. Your face said everything. I'm my face is only saying that I don't remember details enough to remember the time frame of. I just remember snow. Okay. Maybe she was in a European tour in like Sweden, or not. So what are we really here to talk about, though? Because it is solstice. One of the witch holidays. It is. I only know of because there are two of them. AKA Yule. Yule. Christmas. Yule. Yule. Mm-hmm. Yule log. So that's what we're actually here to talk about. Not that the bodyguard is a Christmas movie. So we'll ref- come back to Where it. do we start with Yule? Well, well, we've been talking about archetypes a lot. Mm. And to build on that because we could just talk about you know the spirit of the holiday and thinking about um you know ancient organized ish spirituality where there was definitely a belief that as it got colder uh we wanted to bring the the plant spirits into the house into the near the hearth and like keep them warm and alive throughout the summer like t- or throughout the winter to tend to them but I actually want to talk about it through the lens of archetypes because we've brought up archetypes a few times on the pod. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sure did on the pod. On the pod. What archetypes? Um, well, we've talked about the sacred masculine divine feminine and we talked about the maiden mother witch crone archetypes. And um The solstice in particular is really uh, based on this, you know, festival or this uh, time of year to worship different beings, depending on what culture we're talking about. So, um, you know, there's there's different goddesses, different gods, different like the solstice sun standing still. Um, Is that what that means? Yeah. Really? Yep. Yep, yep. Why is it? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt your train of thought, but why is it called sun standing still? Because the sun, because it's oh, it's because like the it's longest not, day or the longest night. It's so like it's paused it goes somewhere. from like in this sol this solstice, it, the days will be getting shorter and then they'll be getting longer. So is it like right. the way I'm going to think of it now is if you throw a ball up in the air. The apex, mm-hmm. there's that brief pause yep. before it starts coming down. Before it comes down. Oh. Yeah. So Sol, S-O-L, sun, yep. soul, 
stis or stistir, I think, stistir is what means uh, to stand or, huh. to, or to be in like a, a pause to well, shit. come into stillness. Yeah. That is dope. I did not know that it's at all. It's pretty dope. So it's known as the day that the sun stands still and it stands still in its like summer glory, mm. summer solstice, um, and also in the winter, just on the other end Ugh. of the spectrum. So I... Uh, you know, it's like eight hours, a little over eight hours, right? What? Of daylight. Yeah, it's like 7.30 to, I mean, before 4.30. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 4.16 at this time right now, and mm-hmm. the sun's going to set in like eight minutes. And so there's all this really fun mythology, and then all of these like ancient sites. Like, of course, we tend to think about like Stonehenge and um, what is the other... There's like, there's a Scotland version, there's an English version, there's an Irish version of like stone circles around. I can't think of all their names. Yeah, me neither. Um, and a lot of them do line up with whatever the sun is doing, rising mm. or setting um, on those particular days of the year. So uh, there's a lot of mythology, a lot of ancient mythology from different parts of the world that's fun to look into around the solstice. Um and a lot of times they have to do with like someone stealing the sun. Mm. Like someone has stolen, Horus has stolen the sun um, and, and kept it captive. So, um, you know, there was like, there's some spookiness to it. And we've talked about this before. Like at one point, Christmas time used to be all about like the ghost stories. Yeah. Much more so then now and kind of mm. in alignment with like kind of mushing together Halloween or Samhain and the solstice and so having it, this in between time. Man, we just can't stop putting these two holidays together. <laughs> it's like we can't see Halloween shit without Christmas shit right after it. Maybe this is just the, this is the embrace it. Right. Where the universe is pointing. Well, it's the all darkest the, days. So yeah. it's like, we got to f- entertain ourselves as human yeah, beings. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yep. Yep. Ugh. Um, so it's like the, the mythology is vast and there's a lot of different pieces of folklore around it. But the one that, um, kind of ties in to understanding the archetypes, the way that we've discussed archetypes is the, this awareness that this is the time of year. So in like pagan tradition, Druid tradition, it's like, the end of the year is marked by Samhain. And then you're in this like dark period of death and then rebirth. Samhain, which is Halloween, Mm -hmm. is like the end of the year. Yep. Right? And so between Samhain and Yule is like this time out of time time. Right. Very thin veil very like spirit world mischief darkness oh. <clears throat> you know all the stories that we create around love, darkness love that right rooting for the spirit world so what happens when human beings create uh mythology around the spirit realm being open and available the we also then create these rituals of protection or these rituals of um, <clears throat> and other mythological beings 
that are going to, you know, save us, protect us, keep us warm, all those kind of things. So uh, one of those is um, in in the stories of, you know, folklore around Italy, mm. there's uh, La Bafana, I think is her name, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And this is a goddess that rides around the world oh. on a broom. Nice. And leaves candles. I think I see where now I know where this is going. And gifts. Ooh. To well-behaved children. Nice. And um, and so she often would also leave like rag dolls or like homemade looking dolls that would serve as like protecting of the home and protecting of the hearth mm. during the cold months. I don't know if you ever read when you were young. This book has been around for a long time, I think. It's called uh, The Tomten. Do you remember that book? No, I don't think so. If you Google it, I think that you'll remember it because you'll know. I think that you'll recognize the yeah the cover the cover. So the stories are basically about the Tomten, which is this uh, gnome-like figure that, in Scandinavian mythology, protected farms, protected families, mm. protected livestock, particularly during the snowy, cold, wintry mm. months. And if you look up pictures of like old Scandinavian like Tomta, I think is. I don't think it had another N at the end, Tomta. Um, they look like, kind of like Santa's elves. Oh, yeah. Or they look like those gnome-like, you know, winter elves that everybody's like decorates their house with now. Right. Um, and so, you know, the, the Tomten would take care of the farm and you would leave like little offerings out mm. on a plate <laughs> so that the Tom 10 would be able to like feel like they were fed and taken care of by the family. <laughs> right. So then we have more uh, Celtic tradition of um, this goddess, particularly in Ireland and Scotland, there is a goddess that represents um, basically the crone, you know, she, she's sometimes called the dark mother. Mm. Uh, and Kalech, I think is how you pronounce the name, um, of the goddess. Mm. And she is an old woman. <laughs> uh, she kind of looks like a, you know, the very typical witch, you know, crazy mm. ass hair all over the place. Right. Um, pointy nose, uh, and Joseph Campbell writes about wrote about her a lot in the in the sense that there were like very subtle cultural differences based on if this was coming from Wales, if this was coming mm. from Ireland, if this was coming from Scotland, and her name would change slightly. Mm. So, uh, you know, she's like the crone archetype in every aspect of how that archetype presents. Mm. It is the crone time of year. And uh, it is dark, it is winter, it's like that idea that everything is that's ready to die is dying so that new yeah. things can be born. Kalech is uh, known for having been, having lived like lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. She's like, she is born and dies and born and dies and born and dies. Um, and uh, And we hear, we see her show up in places like, uh, in other fairy tale folklore, because she will appear often like this hideous old woman, mm. 
And then if you are kind to her mm. and you are gentle to her, she will reveal herself as, you know, the maiden, which the crone then turns into the maiden because it's mm. all cyclical. That's cool. Right? That makes me think of, well, other mythology. Not sure if Joseph Campbell said anything about it, but he must have. Where, and I go back to Star Wars because that's where everything goes back to. Um, like Yoda, when he first approaches Luke, he approaches him as a way as like almost like a jester, a jester, like the the creature that's foolish, silly, don't take it seriously. I'm just gonna piss you off and get in the way. Mm-hmm. As a mean now in the in the in the movie, it's like a misdirect. You know what I mean? It's like right. for the audience, but like in the story sense, it could be like testing, where it's like testing the character and saying okay, how do you treat those that you find that you may deem unuseful, unnecessary or beneath you? It's like, what do you do? How do you treat something where treating them doesn't really matter? Like you could tell them to fuck off and it doesn't impact your day at all. Right. Or you can be kind and that shows that reveals character. I think that's why Yoda did it that way in the story. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, we see that where like, Oh, and it's like beauty and the beast too. I think I think of when you approach them, Approach the prince as an old woman who can't help you or do anything useful. And then since then their true nature is revealed and you're like, oh shit, I should have been nicer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're talking about the crone. And I know one time we talked about the the, the feminine archetypes and the masculine archetypes. Mm -hmm. And they each have like a mirror, I want to say, where they have stages and archetypes that are very similar to each other for each time of life. But then you also talked about that doesn't mean that the best match for each other. Mm-hmm. So like what's the crones equal in the masculine? Would it, and then also what's the, usually the match that goes with it to counterbalance that energy. You know what I mean? So I would say that the equal is the match. That is the same thing. Oh, what is it? Um, is it the magician. No. no. So, and honey, this is a perfect segue, and you didn't even know that you were providing a segue. Well, uh, fucking awesome. Because in some counties in Ireland, when they talk about Kalech, they talk about her as being the goddess of sovereignty. Mm. And in the context that she, it is she that shows up and offers kings. Mm. Oh, okay. Yep. The ability to rule their lands. Oh. So the king can't function without the crown. The king can't oh, okay. show up without the crown. The king, it's like he won't be balanced enough. He won't have that like deep wisdom that he needs to have without the presence of the crown. So, um, you know, this is a continued, you know, just representation mm. of how she has been depicted in folklore mm. uh, and how the understanding of, you know, divine feminine sacred masculine come together to create balance and equanimity when uh they work together you say king's right to rule i'm trying to think of king arthur the morgan 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 lefay morgan lefay is like that kind of role where she yeah until she was turned into the bad guy right Uh, like originally the morgan mm. is you know the witch aspect of Kalech, which yeah. is the crone aspect. Um, and Bridget would probably be like the mother, maybe the maiden yeah. aspect if Bridget. we're looking at triple goddess. See, yeah. now Bridget, I think, is going to be the link that 
my tattoos that that link the the bottom band with the top band. I'm thinking about that. I'm it's excited because it's on my left arm. So I was thinking of doing like some sort of flame. Her cross, not her face, right? Not her face. <laughs> tattoo a woman's face on my. That's like ultimate tattoo. No, no, one. It's like never names, never faces of ladies. <laughs> oh, that's no. Good. I was thinking of cross and or definitely cross and then maybe some sort of flames. Flames, side of my face. What yeah. do you think? No, you don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. You do know I'm quoting right now? No. Clue. Madeline Kahn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Flames. Flames. Out of my face. <laughs> no, but Flames. seriously, I think. But like flame, like Flames tattoo is like, I want it done in a way that doesn't look like I fucking have a hot rod. Right, right. It's a Hot Wheels. Um... Hot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a Hot Wheels Flames Hot tattoo. Hot Wheels Flames going up your arm. Going up my left arm. Yeah, no, 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 no. 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 So she basically serves as the personification of winter. And interestingly, the the way that we talk about her as this crone is she is born a crone at Samhain. Oh. And she gets younger and becomes the maiden at Beltane. And some even say that she becomes Bridget at Beltane or the bride, which is where Bridget kind of gets her she like age backwards yes it's like a benjamin button type thing absolutely oh. she ages backwards um and the cool thing about this is you know i was talking about this in class last week i think uh that the other word that we tend to use for witches or crones or you know older women with their wild hair and their wild wisdom ways, right? Is the word hag. <laughs> right? And yeah. we have this such a negative. Yeah. You know, and like if they're by the ocean, you can call them a sea hag. You can call them a sea hag. <laughs> but do you know where the word hag came from? Ooh, no. Hagia. Is it Haiga? So no, it's not Haiga. Oh, okay. Hagia. Okay. Holy. Really? Yep. Shut up. So they're the holy women. <sighs> And they have this mantle of like the keepers of the wisdom, the Shoot. you know, blood brilliance. So- <laughs> I was trying to explain this to you the other night. You were like, Yeah, 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 keeping the blood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this. Because I was like, you don't bleed anymore if you're in menopause. And so like the idea is that you hold that. Cause I was telling you about how when I, you know, when I have my period, my brain stops working. Yep. All of my facts. All my wisdom blood comes out. Facts. So you then ke- get to keep it, and you become this brilliant, holy, wise crone hag mm. woman. Um, Kaliach, the goddess, uh, and the different like various names that they kind of put with her. Mm. Um. And she's also sometimes depicted as uh, wearing human skulls, like attached wow. to her clothes. Jesus. Which is also a thing that Kali does. And they're oh. both considered the goddesses of like the of destroying, like wow. the goddesses of uh destruction, like yeah. getting rid of the things that are ready to freaking die. Like the dude in Temple of Doom. Great. Well uh-huh. no, wait, weren't, weren't they wasn't he actually worshiping Kali? 
I don't it think was. so. Uh, I'm not saying that was accurately oh, depicted. Oh, it's definitely not. I'm not saying that they accurately depicted the culture in the movie. I'm saying that in the movie, they were worshiping Kali. They were doing something. Yeah. And it was the skulls yeah. all over the place. It was yeah. also not a... <clears throat> it was maybe a shadow version of worshiping Kali. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I, I shouldn't have my foundation of knowledge about this religion from indiana jones no you should not no you should not Mm -mm, mm -mm. yeah i'm trying um every day we're learning new things right well there's this cool book called uh 365 goddess and it's basically like every single day is about the goddess and a different aspect of the goddess and how um you know, how she has been depicted and villainized and revered and just different ways that she shows up in archetype. And so when we think about the solstice and this, you know, whether the myth is about, you know, a god stealing the sun and hiding it from everyone or the veil being really thin and it's the darkest day. So it's like the the point of like, you know, death uh and waiting for the light to return and and kind of celebrating the return of warmth and light like whatever the mythology is around it it's really about a day of pause mm. and a day of rest well it sounds like it, it's more should be or was a small season of pause not just a day right, right. but that's almost like right I mean, possible nowadays, you know, from like an anthropological perspective. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. from the solstice until um, Groundhog Day. uh But what's it really called? Shut up. I know it. Belt. No. Fuck. Oh, we were just talking about this. I'm going to give you. Imbolc. Imbolc. There we go. Oh, honey. Oof. You just made your mother-in-law so proud. Oh, but there's like so many. It's hard to keep. There's so many. There are like 316 feast days. <laughs> I don't know. I know like three of them. You seem to know a lot of feast days. I'm like, it's the feast of blah, blah, blah. And you're like, it's a feast of something. So there's some <laughs> feasting going on. There's not that many. And yes. Well, they're every, I mean, like every six weeks. So right? from uh, the solstice until in bulk, Yule, really until in bulk um it's the time of pause and the reason for that is because you have to conserve energy Mm, you have to conserve energy to have the willpower to move through planting season tending season harvesting season yeah you have to conserve energy because um food is scarce potentially like you cannot be just burning through all your brain dog calories. <laughs> that made no sense. You just, say. you just made up gibberish. I don't know what you're I talking about. I did not make up gibberish. You're just speaking nothing. We're not going to talk about dog calories. Why? Today. You can tell the story. It don't take long. <laughs> I can't even tell the story. Why? I don't even remember beyond like being a little shocked that you were serious. <laughs> I can't comment and retell the story. Calories. The only thing I remember is the sheer stupidity. It wasn't stupid. It was so cute. The dumbest thing I've ever heard. It was say. the cutest thing. It was so cute. <clears throat> Matt had questions about dogs' consumption of food and their spending of calories. And, and it led to like 
Dogs <laughs> eating food. How is it measured? How much energy are they expelling? How much energy per food item is in a dog food? It was like there's dog calories and dog years. <laughs> They're very, very different than human calories and human yeah. years. So I was thinking about the energy a dog expends by doing dog things versus what they eat. Mm-hmm. And the word dog calories came out of my mouth. Mm. And I'll never, ever not be reminded of it because yeah. I'm like, what's a dog calorie? It's a dog calorie. Is it the same as a people calorie? Can you answer that question? You don't fucking know. <laughs> so shut up. <laughs> shut the hell up. I had a point I was going to make. Oh, sorry. It, <clears throat> it's gone. It's got to come back, hopefully. But you were like, dog calories. This is this <laughs> dumb thing my husband said. It's important to rest from solstice to in bulk. Okay. And I was thinking about, you see these diet or exercise routines it's like the caveman diet or what like or i you see this when when like toxic alpha males post shit usually about people like taking an escalator versus Mm. walking the stairs like our ancestors blah 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 Uh taking the stairs like a real man (laughs) who lived when it had to survive out Uh in the wilderness the hilarious thing is that our ancestors would have fucking taken the escalator because yeah. they would have conserved energy because yeah. they don't know when the meal they're going to eat next week is coming from. Right. So like you can't, do I have to climb that hill? No, it, something will take me up it. Well, I'm going to do that because yeah. energy and food consumption is a real thing I need to worry about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So fucking stupid. <laughs> can't get over it. Oh my God. Nothing makes you more irritated than like some fad nutrition nonsense or lifestyle yeah. nonsense that is allegedly related to, you know, Fitness. anthropological, yeah. uh, you know, science um, and what our ancestors might have been right. doing. Our ancestors that lived to 30. Right, like, if they were lucky. They, they were grandparents. You know that sprained ankle <laughs> that you had to take a week off in the gym for? Mm. That's a, they're leaving you behind. They're you're dead. They're like if you're a harfoot, you're dead. Oh, you're being left behind. Mm-hmm. Actually, I saw something about a guy explaining the moment civilization began, and it's not like the building of temples or structures. It's they found a skeleton with a healed femur. And civilization mm. began when we started caring about each other, like or like taking care, literally taking care of each yep. other. Where like this person was not left to die in the wilderness, seen as a liability. Right. They were seen as someone worth saving, caring for, until they were fully recovered mm-hmm. and healed. And like that's which leads to again, this is I mean, civilization being about community, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. about how big your fucking buildings are, whatever diatribe this came out of nowhere back to solstice slash yule i dropped the ball this year because usually we burn the christmas trees on the summer solstice we do have an epic 45 second fire doesn't last long but it's goddamn amazing it's so scary how fast those trees burn <laughs> should, should oh my god put, check out the instagram because there's Ooh. some epic picture, pictures <clears throat> from the 14 foot fire. Mm-hmm. But then I also find a log that we burn at Yule. And I didn't do that this year. Yeah. Dropping the ball. Well, you know, we can find something to burn that you didn't cut down the solstice and Earth. it will be okay. Uh, I guess. Okay. It will be okay. So 
Oh, you got more? Go ahead. So the other goddess that I want to mention is another Scandinavian goddess. Um, and I can't remember the name of, I can't remember her name of right now. Scandinavian goddess of winter. I think it starts with a B. Um, part of her folklore is that she actually celebrates the regeneration that happens around the solstice. So, so the returning of the light rather than focusing on the dark day, the fact that this is the point where the light starts to come back. And what she is known for is that she traveled through the night sky and she traveled through the night sky in a sleigh or a structure. I don't know if they would call it a sleigh, but in a some kind of a structure that was made out of reindeer bones. Oh, shit. I know. So it's badass, right? I mean, well, I mean, Rudolph, until he proved his worth, was gonna be the sled instead of pulling the sled. Wow. Um, and her it's her and her daughter, and they travel through the night sky and they bring back the green. Like they mm. bring back the live greenery. Mm. Um and and feed the reindeer with this greenery. And so the the reindeer aspect of this whole Christmas scenario comes from a a goddess. We have the elves and the Mm. gnome-like keepers of the winter farms, right? We have uh, flying through the sky and many Mm -hmm. different mythologies, right? Somebody's bringing the sun, the moon, something, the greenery (laughs) back and forth, um, lots of uh, light bringing, you know, candles, mm-hmm. little, yep. you know, dolls, those bringing, kind of things. Bringing back the sun is important. I don't, I can't agree <laughs> with anything more. Back the sun is very, very important. So important. Yep. I, I don't know if I would feel the same if it was 70 degrees out now. I don't know. It's hard. I don't know. It's It's interesting because... I really, if I could live much more in tuned with the seasons than we're able to typically do in our modern world, like if I could actually just freaking pause from solstice to in bulk, and I think that I would have a different relationship Mm. with the changing of the seasons, because as much as I love Costa Rica, Mm. it gets dark at six o'clock. Yeah, I remember when we went, it was November yeah sun was like up up not just like sunrise yeah but the sun was up at 5 30 sun is up 5 30 sun and is yeah, down at 5 45 six like, o'clock it was dark and it doesn't change a whole lot from that and mm. there's something about that that like it it can it can feel a little bit short because yeah. i love in june <laughs> Right. And it's yeah. light out until 9.30 at night, right. yeah. you know? And I love like the high energy and, and culturally it's just different. This is, I think is the other reason why in Costa Rica, the culture of just kind of like living simply living, mm. you know, slowly and simply is the vibe. Pura Vida. It's the vibe. It's the vibe. Uh, is Vida Spanish for vibe? No. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> I have not been doing Duolingo, and I'm pretty sure on that one. Pure vibes. Um, and oh no, <laughs> and and I, uh, I and there's something about the the changing of the seasons and the wheel of the year and being able to actually like focus on that that 
feels actually pretty restorative. What doesn't feel restorative is when we don't get to do that, when this yeah, is actually the time this... of year when we amp everything up because we're getting geared up for Christmas. Right. It is a kind of four to five weeks of kind of insanity rush. But then there, I mean, there sort of is. I mean, there's a collective understanding. I mean, you see tweets about it every year where it's like, welcome to Christmas between Christmas and New Year's where time is irrelevant and calories don't count and you have no idea what day it is, which if you're lucky to have that schedule, which as teachers, it's one of the benefits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was just the time at a time and it was awesome. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, it's not a it's not a universally accepted cultural thing we do here, unfortunately, where you can't even disappear for a week without any sort of expectation about being right. productive. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. Oh God. Like, but after that, like, I mean, kind of in January, things kind of like, as far as the busyness of the season is over, mm-hmm. you know, then I'm always left because I was always playing baseball outside sports in the warm weather. So like I even said it, I mean, all my life, but even saying it to you today, Whereas, like, I'm kind of excited to play golf again. I'm like, it's not even technically winter yet. I Why do I do this to myself? But it's just that yeah. idea of, like, waiting till it can be nice outside. And how do I get through the... I have to say how do I get through the day. But it's just, like, when the sun sets at 5 or 4.30, you know, what other things can we do to, to like, get some of that rest, recuperation right. kind of feel of the season? Yeah. Yeah. What do you know about Saturnalia, though? Because, like... Zero. Zero? What do you mean? You didn't teach about Saturnalia when you were teaching about, like, ancient Rome? No. Ugh. That was a missed opportunity. That curriculum... If I knew this before we started dating... That curriculum is also canceled, so... Um, I don't know. Maybe... I might have probably... I don't... I can't say anything. No. No idea. Well, it's like... The spirit of giving and the spirit of kind of like merrymaking, like jovial, all of that kind of stuff actually comes from Saturnalia. Um, like it was even yeah, was about a like big party, right? Relaxing. And it was like a week long. Yeah. Um, so technically it would be Saturnalia right now. Oh yeah. The week leading up to, I think so. I think it, dope. Yeah. And it was like all, you know, no rules all bets are off it's totally (laughs) chaos like i'm pretty sure i mean i I don't really super remember a lot of details around saturnalia well i mean it's like a roman thing so i don't know if just the like ideas of like the idea we have of the romans throwing toga party type crazy parties Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm, what's mm -hmm. infiltrating the actual practices of saturnalia well it was definitely like business learning like any of that kind of commerce whatever was going on then um came to an end and uh and i remember this because i remember um reading about it i think yeah i i don't remember why might have been actually when i was teaching and some students brought it up like electing like you elect a king, like a mock king oh. of Saturnalia. Party king. And so they wanted to like have a king in the classroom, like elect a king for Saturnalia. And um and it's supposed to, so I started looking stuff up and it's definitely supposed to be kind of like a shot. Like it's 
to be the person that you like elect the king is basically like the oh. dunce oh. is like the Ugh. you know like the the person that's uh the least important in the household but become the household king so, so every household had their own saturnalia king sounds like it was a booby prize yeah basically it was like you sucked the most this year so we're gonna all elect you the saturnalia king wow. and like that's it some- was hardcore ancient shade i know it's so so i was like we can't do that we can't like <laughs> you know i don't need anybody being like like actually looking this up maybe they would have maybe Aww. they wouldn't have but i'm the king oh, i'm the king wah, oh wah, wah. Wah, wah. Yeah. yeah 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 um but they did like the evergreen thing and hmm. putting like laurels on yeah uh stuff and well it makes sense i mean the more i think about it the more i get of like decorating with green because there is no fucking green outside. I mean, especially if you lived in a place that got snow. You know what I mean? Right. Or even when everything just kind of dies. It gets brown. It gets yeah, brown. It gets, and like, yeah. So like finding the evergreen or finding the things that mm. that hold that hue, bringing it into your home and having it be like, you know, cheerful. Cheerful. Yeah. And it, you know, wards off the spirits of, of darkness. Mm. Spirits... Of mischief and chaos. You want to avoid those or invite them in for some party time? Um, You kind of want to honor them and make sure that then they then leave. <laughs> you want them <laughs> hanging out for like planting season. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't want that. So yeah. we're obviously deep into Yule because mm-hmm. we have a tree. We're doing mm-hmm. all the things. Yeah. And it's like we're doing the Christmas things, I should say. How do we do like the... How can we infuse some Yule, not Christmas, you know? How can we infuse some pagan magic shit into this? Mm-hmm. Give me some, give me a bullet pointed list of like how to make this witchy, witchify this. Well, I mean, Yule is all about like, it's a fire festival. A mm. lot of pagan festivals are fire festivals. And, you know, fire holds like, it creates alchemy. It transmutes things. It uh, helps to break things down. Like it's needed in a lot of different ways. So when we think about uh, Yule from a historical perspective, right? It's it really is about uh, preserving and honoring the life mm. that has been given to us all year that has sustain- sustained us all year and then also calling in you know blessings so starting with gratitude because mm. druids pagan you know all of that really ancient germanic yeah people are all about the like gratitude like if you don't show up in gratitude on these particular <laughs> well, it's so, milestones. It's interesting because last summer I decided to like start a deep dive into like pagan witchy, you know, weird shit for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And I found this book that I listened to called Being Supernatural. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like this is some weird out there shit and I'm like totally down for it. Yep. Because it's like it gestures broadly to the world around me to be like, look at this. So one of the things about like, I mean, in this is the, the author's thesis is like your brain. It's like healing yourself 
through brain training or whatever. So like take what you will and take what you won't. But one of the main themes about how you can be happier, healthier, etc., is being in a state of bliss and gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know, other than the other chapter, which I got so mad at, which was basically Kundalini Yoga. <laughs> he was like, There's breathing exercises. <laughs> you also do this thing where you tighten basically your butt <laughs> to get the cerebral spinal fluid moving up your spine towards mm. your brain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Shit, all that sounds familiar. Mm. And then he says, you can call it kundalini yoda. I'm like, ah, fuck. She was right all the time. Um, so this is but, the part of the podcast where we talk about I'm right? Yes. Because we started with you being right. Yeah, we need anything. to bookend this with you were right and then I was right. Oh, okay. Good. Good, good, good. It's a good balance. Um, but but being, in, being in the state of bliss, mm-hmm. I mean, it has to do with, I mean, he said he studied brain waves of people that did all that shit too. Being in a state of bliss and being in a state of gratitude. And even if like you don't believe in this stuff and you walk around in the state of gratitude and bliss, what's the worst fucking thing that can happen to you, right? <laughs> um, True. Yeah. And it's like, it was just very interesting because like, you know, you're saying it ties back or I'm making the connection, but you're saying like honoring the gods, first thing is gratitude and gratefulness, yep. which is hard to do. I really, I did a good job for probably two to three weeks while I was driving around, breathing, being gratitude and bliss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I think I stopped consciously doing it for a week. And then it got worse. Then it got madder. Yeah. Like, who are all these morons? Yep. Why is everyone sucked with me? Well, that's why it's a practice. Yeah, it is a practice. It's like using any muscle skill you have. Well, and it needs work. And it needs extra work because the pull of the ego that mm. wants to allegedly protect you from dumbasses from the you know the ferocious lion of our day-to-day life right. which is just like other human beings acting like other human Some beings dipshit in a ford focus in front of me um you know it's so it's so insidious because it'll slip in and it'll yeah. be like not only do i need to protect myself from this idiot i must assert that i know better than they do i, I did catch myself after a while i'm like like why am i fired up about this why are you fired up yeah no good reason, no. but I found myself being fired up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I tried to, you know, make adjustments. But still, I did, I mean, I was noticing I was actually madder after I stopped doing it. <laughs> yep. So I had to start doing it again. Yeah, well, and I think that there's another missing piece to that, too. Like, it's normal and acceptable to experience anger, right? Like, mm-hmm. nobody gets the gold star of never experiencing anger and therefore you are so spiritually enlightened. Mm. You have to move and process through that energy in an organized way, in an embodied way, make that emotion bioavailable so you can process it. So it doesn't just simmer right below the surface. No, and I then was... the guy in the Ford Focus pulls out in front of you and doesn't use a turn signal and then slams on those brakes no, and I you're was... like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, beep, was... beep, 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 beep. It wasn't like, I was screaming at my windshield, so it was it was out there. It was yeah, fine. I mean, I didn't like, but that's not in an organized practice. No, you're right. Like so. I, I'm almost saying I, I didn't like drive up next to the guy, give him. I, there was no hand gestures. It of was, course not. No, I don't. Yeah, because you're a gentleman. <laughs> yeah, it's me, a man of letters. You're a man of letters. <laughs> you're a man of letters. Okay, so showing up in gratitude. Showing up in gratitude. Okay. Um, 
and specifically for Yule, things, any kind of fire element, which sometimes people can, people have fires, have, have wood stoves, yeah. have fireplaces, um, candles. This is yeah. why candles are like so big this time of year for like seasonal decor. And it's more about like celebrating the light, honoring the light, bringing in the light. I mean, one of the reasons that Christmas is now is Jesus was considered like the bringer of the light, like mm. in in human form. So, um, you know, bringing in things that represent life and, uh, you know, the aliveness of nature. So you might make a wreath, you might mm. have, um, you know, evergreen boughs, you might have a tree, you might just uh, get some new plants, for, you know, like bring in greenery can in I your go house. to YouTube or Netflix and put the Yule log on and just have that going? Can, you can have it be a plug-in candle, it, whatever works, because, you know, some people have things that, like some rules about where they live and right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it can be anything like that. Um, yes. It's definitely a, a throwback to honoring Odin. Mm. And I would defer to you on how we would start doing that. Um, oh, but we should play Feast for Odin. We should play Feast for Odin. And it's important to remember that Yule actually lasts from the 21st until the first of the year. Okay. So it's nice. a it's a long festival as well. Yeah. Um, Saturnalia started a little bit earlier and was seven days and Yule lasts until the first nice. of the year. So it's... Um, it's an ongoing. So this thing. is an official invite to make any work-related email a 2023 problem. <laughs> tell them mutual. Victory. How many work-related emails do you get? Tell me. Tell them mutual victory said it was okay. <laughs> They'll know what that means. They'll know, sure, what that means. That... Uh, so, any other final Yule thoughts? I would say singing using your uh. voice. Uh, is definitely part of this celebration and um, gift giving. And and for Yule in particular, it can be lovely to create something. So maybe there's like, you know, a, a dessert that you're really good at making or, um, you know, a tea blend that you mm. can put together, like something that is from your hearth to somebody else's. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. My Our hearth to yours. Our hearth likes to give books to other hearths. Yeah, we celebrate... Buka Bukaflud. We should talk about Ola Bukaflud. Yeah. Uh, to wrap it up. I don't know how I found this. If it's just on like Facebook or... Yeah. Me, Twitter. I don't know what it was. I think it was Twitter. Something like that. Where apparently there's a... It's in Iceland? I think so. I think it's from Iceland. Yep. It's called Yola Bukaflud. And apparently... Most of their book publishing happens this time of year mm -hmm. because there's the tradition festival, not festival, but the tradition or practice of buying people books, exchanging them on Christmas Eve, and everyone just goes to bed with their book and chocolate and reads until they fall asleep. Yeah. And I discovered this. Were we in Hoosick Falls still? Oh, this was, yeah, probably like eight or nine this years ago. It's got to be at least eight or years ago. And mm -hmm. I thought, this is awesome. So mm -hmm. this has been an ongoing tradition of buka flute mm -hmm. where on christmas eve basically like you know how some families have like a you know you get to open one present on christmas eve yep thing for us it's always been a, a book or a mm -hmm. couple books i mean that, usually between the two of us so what is 
What does buka food oh, translate to? It translates to? like book flood. Book flood. <laughs> so between us, it does tend to be more of a book flood. Right. Um, uh, to be honest, I actually save one or two books for Christmas morning too. Right. So yes. it's not quite the book deluge flood, but you know. It's a buka still, trickle. No, not a trickle. <laughs> it's a nice, healthy book flow. <laughs> Yuletide um, book flood. Yuletide book flood. The... And usually we have been like, oh, we'll get books for every one of the kids. There was mm-hmm. one year where I was all Virgo Enneagram 1 mm-hmm. to the max mm-hmm. and made like a form, Google form to fill out. <laughs> yes, we're forms. like, because, in the, because that's when we went to Iowa. So there were like yep. an additional five people mm-hmm. involved. So instead of like everyone buying books for everyone, everyone got well you know somehow got one person and then a form that they filled out it's like what are some authors you like or what's the last books you read what Mm -hmm. genre do you want yep um which for me isn't intimidating and i could see how that could be um it to me it's fun kind of like challenge to finding something they may like i mean if you have access to their goodreads account that would be almost that's really helpful the easiest or helpful um, but and it's a fun, neat challenge to just find something kind of out there, maybe something they wouldn't find, or maybe something they wouldn't think to read themselves that kind of fits whatever they're usually into. Um, I find that fun. And that's why I like anyone who ever got me a book, we're like, here's what I know about you. Here's what I think you would enjoy and, and dig. And I always just love that because it's like, oh, this... It's like a reflection on how you see me and our relationship kind of thing. And it's always just a fun kind of window. Yeah. That's why I like that. I like it too. And um, I bet you I know a piece of Holabuka fluid history that you don't. Oh, go for it. Do you know when it started? 2004. <laughs> <laughs> no. Ah, oh, damn. World War Two. Really? Yep, yep, oh, shit. yep. Popular time frame Did in this it, household. Is it because of paper? Yep. The printing of paper? So paper was the only th- one of the only things in Iceland that wasn't rationed oh. during World War II. So that year, it became about giving the gift of books oh. because other things were rationed. That's fascinating. Um, and now, they even, uh, ever, ever since that date... A lot of publishers will kind of Whoa. send out a catalog, which in my mind oh. looks like the seed catalog that I get yeah. right after right. the new year, right? And then you can like kind of order books in the fall for arrival oh, for, that's for cool. gifts for Christmas. Yep. Oh, that's so neat. Yep. And so if you are curious, there is actually a holabukaflood.org website um, that uh, talks all about Really, this fun stuff. That's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. You said you talk of paper shortages or lack thereof in publishing. That's why Lord of the Rings was published as one of the reasons, three volumes instead of one. Because one reason is like, here's <laughs> when J.R.R. Tolkien was asked to write a sequel to The Hobbit. He's like, okay, you know, it took twelve years, and he comes back with like publisher expecting oh where's that sequel to that light-hearted children's adventure and then he's handed a thousand pages of lord of the rings that is increasingly uh complex as far as themes and readability mm-hmm. and like eh, this is not what i wanted <laughs> publishers <laughs> like thank you but this is 
okay, I don't know what to do with this now. Thank you, but so yikes. Because of the, I think there was still a post-war paper shortage. It was too expensive to print as one volume, and they would have had a price it so high, no one would have bought it. And also, like, you know, I think people, I think it was a sales thing, too, because you're more likely to be like, here's part one of a trilogy, instead of like, here's a gigantic freaking book. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. think it's part of it, too. Um, cool. So... Last thing, mutual victory game suggestion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suggest Scout. We haven't played it, but I got it at the board game con. It's a card game. It is simple. It plays at least up to five. It's like a set collecting playing kind of game. Like, I don't know if it is crazy eights, like a set playing, like you get sets of cards. I don't even know. Or is remember. that gin or something? I don't know. Uh, it's a small, small game, easy to learn, easy to play. Easy to bring with you to a restaurant. Easy to bring with you to a restaurant. That and Bandito. Yeah, which is, you know, stocking stuffer. Oh, yeah. Literally stocking stuffer, not like the Highland cattle that I keep sending you. No, it's not an animal. No. This is a game that is small, literally fits in the palm of your hand. Is Card game. $20 max. No setup. No setup. Can play two to five and is easy to learn. Easy peasy. Cool. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. And Solstice Blessings. Solstice Yuletide. Yuletide. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wish everybody else just got to see your face. It's like... Yeah. Oh, Oh, I see what they're doing there. Clever. (laughs) Are we coming back before the new year? I probably hopefully in this talk of time between out of time and nothing to do we'll have time to talk to each other again. We'll have time to talk to each other again <laughs> well from all of us meaning two of us at mutual victory merry christmas everyone and happy new year well no we're just gonna come back in the new year oh right 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 so d- pause on that <laughs> good one honey <laughs> this is matt this is Dee. thanks everyone <laughs>